Tell Me About Your Kids is a chance for you to listen in on unscripted conversations with connected parenting specialist Bonnie Harris. As she talks with real parents like you about real struggles like yours, these counseling sessions get to the heart of why our buttons get pushed as parents and offer tips and advice useful no matter your child's age. Listen in and subscribe to let go of old habits and raise your kids in a way that feels good. If you're having a parenting challenge and need help, visit BonnieHarris.com for free resources, schedule a session, or get a free one-on-one counseling session by becoming a podcast guest. We're all in it together. You're not alone. Thanks for listening. Tell me about your kids. Welcome back to Tell Me About Your Kids. I'm Bonnie Harris, and I am here with Adam Arnone, and we are going to do a puzzle pieces today. Seems like a long time since we've done one. I don't know why it does, but... Well, it has been. It has been. A couple months. So for all you podcast fans, you're going to love this because Adam gets to be part of this all the way through. (laughs) Lucky you. <laughs> Lucky me. That's oh. it's it's an honor. It's an honor to be here and just you know following. That's right. <laughs> I'll put some violins in there. That's right. All right. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. So I want to talk about sibling rivalry today. Because I think it is a very, very popular topic. And instead of going right into how do you handle it and what do you do, I really want to get to the bottom of it. Why it happens in the first place, which I don't think a lot of parents understand. Mm. Are we going to, just to be clear, are we going to solve sibling rivalry? Forever. In this podcast? Forever. Mm. Well, then, we better be getting some starred reviews (laughs) out of this. (laughs) Wow, I didn't know. You don't have any sibling rivalry in your house. I don't. Nope, nope, everybody. It's all harmony all the time. (laughs) Nope. No one sets anyone's things on fire. (laughs) No, it's all great. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to be very interested, Adam, to see if how you you put what I'm about to say into your thinking about your kids. Okay. I want to get into the nitty-gritty of sibling rivalry now and where it comes from, because most of us think that when our kids get into a fight about a toy they want or having to share something or some one of them calling each other a name or you know all those things that get kids riled up that it's actually not about those situations they're the kind of the symptom but what it's really about is us it's really about fighting over their parents what? and yeah It's fighting about 
Who is going to get more <laughs> that, approval? That wasn't like a what? I can't believe it. It was a what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that. Explain yourself. Okay. I'll okay. try. All right. Our kids are fighting over who is going to get the most approval, who is going to get defended, who's going to get blamed. It's rarely about what it looks like they're fighting about. Mm. And so how we respond to it has all to do with whether we perpetuate it or whether it calms down. And I wouldn't say goes away entirely. It certainly doesn't ever do that because kids are always in competition for you, for the parent. That's the bottom line. That must explain why a lot of times, well, not all the time, but a lot of times, I guess, sibling relationships get better as people get older right. when that competition isn't quite yes, the same. Yes. And then the relationships that do stay, you know, uh, difficult, uh, people haven't grown out of those roles. Mm -hmm. You know, they're sort of still seeking some sort of approval mm -hmm. from a parent. I think that's very true. Hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh. So think about it. Think about your kids fighting. <clears throat> and that was easy. How do you how do you respond? There's usually, not always, but there's usually an aggressor and a victim. And parents typically find themselves relating to, empathizing with, guess who? The victim. The victim. Mm-hmm. Especially if the victim is the younger child. Yep. The difference might come if the younger is the aggressor and typically a boy. But if the aggressor appears not to care about hurting the victim or laughs at your reprimands, then you just want to kill, right? And it's very hard to empathize when that happens. Unless you understand the behavior, the aggressive behavior. Now, here's where we get into that reading behavior as the signal to the emotional life of the child, right? So when you understand where behavior is coming from, then you know that the aggressor is the one who needs your compassion, your attention, your attending to their needs the very, very most. And that's the one you least want to give that attention to. Right? Yeah, that is a that's a difficult that's a difficult ask in yeah. in the moment. Yeah. yeah. In the moment. As especially if that child has gotten so defended that they do. They act like they don't care. They laugh. They run off. It's no big deal. Seems like they don't care the least bit about hurting their sibling. And you just want to drill that message into them. You cannot do that to your sister or your brother. You can't do that. And so we blame because that's what comes naturally. And that blame just compounds the emotional upset and pain of the aggressor. So the one who's the aggressor or the perpetrator is doing the perpetrating because they're in some kind of pain. 
And it's usually because they feel that they're not as as understood by the parent, right? So they're trying desperately to put down the sibling so they can have the parent for themselves. I feel like the majority of decisions that I've made in my life have been out of some kind of pain. Oh. I think. Say more about that, Adam. Well, it's just how you exist in the world. I think it's difficult, especially when you're sensitive. Yes. I think it's painful to be alive Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And not not the same as the physical pain. Um, That comes too when you're older. But but the emotional uh, pain of being a sensitive person in a world that uh, doesn't really look uh, favorably on people who are sensitive. There you are. So you feel misunderstood. Yeah, I, I think so. Or I, I think that happens. Yeah. Or different or weird. Right. Well, a lot of relationship decisions, creative decisions, job mm-hmm. decisions, um, violent decisions. I, I think a lot of decisions that humans end up making can be traced back to some sort of pain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I would venture to say that all violent decisions, all um, where you're using power over or you're hurting another person, all of those decisions come from pain. Mm. And those are the ones we punish. Those are the ones we blame. Those are the ones we ostracize. And they're the ones who are that way because they feel that way, right? Because they feel different and weird and ostracized. A parent says, stop being so sensitive. Mm. It's no big deal. Right. Why are you so upset about a stupid thing like that? Come on. Mm. Right? And how does the child end up feeling then? Yeah. Uh, were you, wait, were you asking? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know if that was one of those questions that you're asking the listeners. I don't. <laughs> right. I, I feel like everybody just was like, "Wait, am I supposed to answer this right now?" Uh, not good. Not good. I mean, they they feel misunderstood and not heard, and that's what all of us want. Yeah, yeah, that's all true. All the time, only that's number one, just to be understood. Yeah, the clashes that people have within society, or even even our society. I mean, I. Just to speak, I mean, there's listeners all over the world who listen to this podcast and participate in this podcast, but even just American culture, that's really what's being yelled by everyone, is see us, Mm -hmm. understand us, Mm -hmm. and just let us be, Mm -hmm. which is very funny because a lot of these sides who are both yelling those things are saying the same thing. But what happens when there's conflict is, listen to me because you're wrong. Right. That is what conflict is. And that you're wrong, I believe, comes out of a place of feeling wrong Mm. from way back. Do you find that in your work that there is... um, is it overwhelmingly that the aggressor in sibling rivalry is the older sibling or the younger sibling, or is it more I would even? say it's more common that it's the older, mm. 
because it's also more common that the younger one just desperately wants the older one to accept them and like them and play with them and they want to be like the older sibling. Not yeah. always, but it's very common. So typically, if there's an aggressor, it's usually the older one, but that is not all the time. We've talked on this podcast before about that that specific cycle of when the younger one just wants the attention of the older yes. one. The older one does not want to give that attention. Exactly. And then the way that the older one reacts to that energy ends up causing another explosion from the younger one mm -hmm. and the younger one's acting mm -hmm. out pushing even harder mm -hmm. and harder well now i'm not gonna right i'm not gonna leave you alone like right. now i'm just gonna bug you and bug you and bug because you because you made me feel bad yeah and yeah. there's not that understanding of oh maybe if i leave my older sibling alone then they'll relax and they'll want to play later or do something with me later. They don't do that. They're like magnets with each other. They're just at each, yeah. at each other, right? I Yes, I, I definitely find that. I mean, I've, I've had so many conversations with my daughter, uh, you know, about my, about my son. Who is They're, the older? Your my daughter's, daughter's the, older, the older. The other is four and a half years in between them. And there's been so many times when I've said to her, like, he just wants to be your person like mm -hmm. and you like you you're missing a really serious opportunity here to have somebody else on your side like <laughs> i don't like i'm not i'm not trying to you know make it harder for myself but i'm 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 going to let you in on a little secret like the, that that little guy is he is a, a ball of clay right now like he could totally be mm -hmm. yours 100% but if, she's probably saying He's just weighing me down. That's 100% what she's saying. I don't want yeah, that like, ball I don't, of clay. I don't, I don't want that. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I don't Certainly want don't that. Certainly don't want that responsibility. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a really difficult thing to be in the middle of. It's never good. I mean, it, it causes so many more problems in, I mean, in my family specifically. Like The problems yeah. come when we put our assumptions and fears and perceptions, our agenda onto our kids and what we want of them and what we, what we know they should do with each other so that they'll really like each other. So my challenge here to all you parents listening is to really pay attention to the assumptions you make about your kids how you think about the aggressor, how you think about the victim, you know, who is, and you, I'm sure many of you don't even think in those terms. You think of this big, tough kid is hurting this other kid and, and she's hurt and she's crying. And how are you so mean? That term mean is a major assumption you're making. So your temptation, of course, is to go after the one who's done the hitting, the pushing, the jabbing, the, the name calling, the punching, and go after that one and try to teach 
him, I'm going to use him just for the sake of a pronoun, teach him a lesson. He's got to learn he can't do that to his sibling, right? And so you get in there and you're the one who is trying to drive it a certain way. And actually what you're doing is perpetuating the next sibling fight. As long as there is any kind of blame, and believe me, I know how hard this is to not blame. It's so hard to understand that both your kids are just trying to get what they want. And there's nothing wrong with either of those. And because of different temperaments and different ways of looking at things and age, also, they're going to be dealing with that differently. Some siblings will just go along with what the aggressor wants. And then we worry about that. You know, he's never going to learn to stand up for himself. He's just being bowled over. So anyway, question your assumptions about your kids. The old adage, you can't judge a book by its cover. It's very true of kids because the kids who are behaving in a very angry, quote-unquote, mean way are the ones who are probably the softest and the most sensitive and the most hurt underneath. And so the way we need to respond to these kids is to understand where each of them is coming from. First of all, know that the problem they're dealing with is their problem. It's not yours. Even when you understand it as a competition for your love and approval and attention, it's not your problem. It's your kid's problem. So that helps you just stay removed from it so that you can understand each, where each one is coming from. And you don't have to blame. It's really, really hard. Ever lose it with your kids and yell those words you swore you never would? You know what it feels like when your button gets pushed and nothing can rescue you. In a nanosecond, a certain look, a defiant behavior, you go from zero to 60 and react in parenting road rage. Your rational brain goes offline and the emotional memories from your own childhood get triggered, unbeknownst to you. When your kids push your buttons and what you can do about it is the book that will help you understand where your buttons come from, why your kids push them, and how you can diffuse them so you can choose to parent the way you intend and heal old wounds at the same time. Please check the liner notes to find links to Amazon for the paperback and Audible for the audiobook. There's a lot to be said for how difficult it is when 
your kid is in a state of anger, frustration, sadness, you know, the emotions are contagious, I think. And it's hard to be in a space where all of your, um, I feel like triggers, it's such a like buzzword. Um, and I, I don't, I want it to be a little bit more specific, but, but I, but I guess we could just use that for this. Like all of your triggers get pushed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, trying to see that and you're trying to be in that that space but things get triggered in you that make it so you're just you lose all rational like they they pull you into it as well exactly um and it would be so much easier if we as people didn't have those reactions like if if we could separate it out that's but that's why we don't that's why the work of parenting always starts with us. Mm. We're the ones we've got to figure out, heal, take care of first. Right. When you know how to take care of yourself, when you have done that, you are able to be a stronger person standing in your shoes and therefore you're able to disengage from that problem more easily so that you can then see, oh, this one is doing that. There is often physical um, aggression that has to be stopped. Mm. And I, I often say to parents, if your kids are really slugging each other, just get your body in there between them and just yell, stop. That's all. No lecture on how many times have I told you, you guys know you're not supposed to, blah, 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 blah. None of that. Just stop. And are you saying that, but in that situation, just so we can, we're talking about like getting into the nitty gritty of it. So in that situation, and I, I know we have covered this before, but give people a reminder of if your kids are slugging it out like that and you throw your body in there and you just yell, stop. I think there's a lot of kids who still won't stop. Yes. I mean, so you're talking about like physically restraining them from each other? Well, it's hard to deal with that, Mm. you know, and and you also put yourself at risk of being slugged too, right? Right, yeah. But if you can... I've caught some good ones. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I have like, yeah. Yeah. Trying to just, you know, separate them. It's it's, it's tough. right. Um, one thing I've talked about in the past is when everything is fine, when you're when everybody is in a good place, go around the house to different rooms where a fight is more likely to break out and have them choose a corner, choose a chair, choose a spot, choose a something that's going to be their spot mm. if you have to break it up. So then you would just break up the fight, yell, stop, get to your corner, get to your chair, whatever. Right. Get to your side of the room. That's a good idea. That's see that's that's great practical information. Yeah. For a lot of parents words just don't do it. No. That which is why you want to limit your words to right. very 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 few. Yes. The the least you say right the better. But the thing you want to work on the very most is changing your mindset so that you understand 
any blame, which comes out even when you, you know, say, Sarah, that is loaded with blame, Mm. right? Yeah. So to be able to get your mindset flipped in such a way as to see no one needs blame. There should be no blame laid at all. And then when you don't do that, when you can, when you can understand that one of them is trying to get something across to the other, that they're in competition with each other, that they're very, very different personalities and temperaments, and they are dealing with it in their own way, then you can help guide it. You can come in and say, you guys got this or do you need my help? Is this fight okay with both of you? <laughs> Another <laughs> little practical piece of advice. Stick your head in the room. Is this fight okay with both of you? Yeah. You know, right there, it's going to be, what? Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. We want you in here. The reason that kids f- keep that fight going is when you, the parent, present yourself as judge and jury. And then they're going to fight tooth and nail to make it clear to you, the parent, why they are to be approved of and loved and why the other one should go to jail. All the signals that we get from society tell us too that we are the judge and jury, that parents are yes. the ones who yes. we have to make the punishments. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we have to give out, which is... Punishments are just, they're just the mini sentences, you know, like a judge gives out, right? And blame is just built into the fabric of our society as well. It certainly is. It always has to be somebody's fault Mm -hmm. because you have to figure out who's to blame and then that makes it go away. When the blame has been put on the appropriate parties and then we said it's their fault, Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't, you know. Then you can be relieved of it. You know, when it, when any sort of big thing happens, why are people doing the things that they're doing? That's because right. there's always a reason. It's always connected to something. That's right. And so understanding people's actions is is so important because then you can work on it not happening again or at least working towards a solution so it doesn't happen again. And exactly the same thing when you see your kid's at each other, ask yourself, why? Why is this one doing this? Why is that one doing that? Why are they reacting the way they are? Why am I getting triggered? Why am I getting so charged? And fear is always behind it somewhere. Your kids fear you're going to love the other one more or approve of the other one more. You fear that your kids are going to hate each other or hurt each other, or they're going to take this aggression out into the wider world and be mean to other people. It's always fear. And in those big, much bigger cases you're talking about, it's fear. So then if you want to really dig into it, fear of what? But if you can at least get to fear, then there's typically more compassion that comes. When you know somebody is afraid, you typically feel more compassion for that person. 
Right. Truth. And here's the thing about, you know, for those of you who listen to this podcast fairly regularly, you've heard us talking about Harmony and Integrity Kids a lot. And the Integrity Kid is the one who has a much, much harder time complying, a much, much harder time transitioning, a much, much harder time doing what is asked unless it is absolutely fair and logical. This is the child who won't take no for an answer and cannot do what you ask unless it is absolutely fair and logical. So this is the child who is most often misunderstood and blamed, right? Mm -hmm. And when there is both an integrity and a harmony child in your household, that I can guarantee you, even if things are going pretty smoothly, that integrity child is going to have a lot of anywhere from um, jealousy to resentment toward that harmony child because they watch how much easier it is for that harmony child to get along in the family. They see the relationship you have with that harmony child and compare it to how they feel you see them. And then you're in competition every day, all day long. So it's so, so, so important for us to understand where our kids are coming from and why their behavior is what it is. Why, why, why? Not it's bad, it's mean, they're mean. That doesn't get you anywhere. It's asking that why. And the other thing is when you've got a child who is laughing, running off, blocking their ears, acting like they don't care. That is a child who you know has already built up a very strong wall of defense. That Those are all defense mechanisms. And that defense mechanism is going to protect, that it was built in order to protect that child from their very sensitive feelings, being hurt, being ridiculed, being criticized, being blamed. And so your job as a parent, if you want to change the situation you're in, you've got to help break down that wall of defense. You've got to start with putting a crack in it, which means letting that child know that you understand why they're reacting the way they are. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to condone it. You don't have to let it be okay in any way, shape, or form. It's just understanding. I get it. I get it. I get why you are reacting this way. And then you can get into problem solving after the emotional connection happens. What can you do next time? But you don't want to go into that until you've got that brain back online, the thinking brain back online, both you and your child. Yeah, not, not being reactive in the moment. Right. 
Ah, that's it's the worst. We think we've got to do something right there in the heat of the moment, and that's the worst time. That's our physical reaction. Yeah. That's our that's our adrenaline. That's our everything mm-hmm. raised up to be like I have to release this too. Mm-hmm. This can't. This mm-hmm. just can't be. I need. I need to. I, this can now. Da, 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 da. Like you can't even finish the sentence. You're right. just. You're so angry, and you just you want it to stop. So we're working against two different things. You're working against your little disruptor, and you're working against your your own natural reaction to something. That's really hard. Although, is it? Let's. I'm gonna. I'm going to argue that word natural reaction. Okay. Because some people react far more fiercely than other people who might res- remain quite calm. Mm. So is it natural to it's, them? It's not it's it's learned. It's All right, because learned. yeah, because you're reacting based on your triggers. No, you're right. Learned is definitely yeah. definitely better than than I guess it's that is what I meant was naturally you will react this way if it's a learned behavior. Right. That makes more sense. Right. So just to wrap up here, our responses to our siblings have all to do with how they get along with each other and how much fighting there is that's going on. It can be very, very different understanding that fear is behind yes most sibling rivalry if not all and then make sure that you know that your children feel accepted by you no matter what their being is accepted by you and fully approved of by you. That doesn't mean you like all their behavior. It just means that they've got to know that you get it. And that means you understand why. Mm-hmm. Wise words. Yeah, you're welcome. You better. You got a podcast about this, though. You better know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, it's always nice to, you know, find out that there's better ways to, you know, get out of situations that you don't like being in. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so exhausting. I mean, it is. I, I, it's I, totally exhausting. I feel like sometimes my sole job on this podcast is to come on here and be like, yep, still tired. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I can confirm. It's well, still you're the exhausting. one in the trenches. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's that's true. I've been there, but I'm not there now. That's true. That's why you look so chipper and happy. <laughs> <laughs> and you look so tired. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, usually we do this at the beginning of the show, but at the I'm doing it at the end today where we can remind you about our affiliates, Thrive Market. And Earth Mama Organics. Go to the liner notes, and uh, there's links there, as you most of you probably know. And click on them, and and they'll bring you to uh, a great place for our listeners to uh, get some deals. And yeah, support them, and they support us when you support them. So it's a it's a wonderful circle of supportness. And there is there are several podcasts about we've we talk about sibling rivalry a lot. So just look in the titles and see where there's some sibling rivalry podcasts. 
And also, if you go to my YouTube channel, I have um, more of a like an educational video about handling sibling rivalry and what I call the no-blame solution. So we could put that in the liner notes as well. All the resources. Use them or lose them. Lots, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess they don't go anywhere. So you're not going to lose them, but <laughs> you should you should use them. Just just don't yeah, don't waste time. Just just get there and and do it. Well, Bonnie, once again, always nice to talk to you and we'll be back next week. Yes, we will. Solving the world's problems one podcast at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Bonnie Harris. If you're curious to learn more or would like to talk to me personally, check out my website, bonnieharris.com, where you can also find my books, When Your Kids Push Your Buttons and Confident Parents' Remarkable Kids. There are also links in the liner notes. And please subscribe to Tell Me About Your Kids on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell Me About Your Kids is produced and scored by Echo Finch. Mm-hmm.